All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords for this segment. We're joined by Adam in the studio. Good morning. Well, good morning, Lena. How are you doing this morning? I'm aching a bit. Why so? Because I went bowling yesterday for you... the first time in like 10 years and my right arm is killing me at the moment. You Okay, well, no, you haven't <laughs> bowled in the last 10 years. Right. I, yeah. I mean, why not, I suppose? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Busy, I think? I'm trying to think or about, just lazy or just um, never had the opportunity. Or? Was bowling more trendy at one point and then people kind of stopped doing it and then you started golfing and you moved uh, on? No, I've only been golfing for two years, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know why. There's no reason. I just... I just thought, why not go bowling all of a sudden? It just, it yeah. just popped up in my head just oh, randomly. No, really. Why not? Why not? But <laughs> well, it, it was not? enjoyable during the process, right? It was Before enjoyable the during the... Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I woke up this morning with my right arm nearly dead. So You know, but I do have a hunch. <laughs> you are ridiculously competitive and so I'm wondering <laughs> if that has to do with why you're aching so this morning yeah, a little bit it's like a friendly game of bowling must get that turkey uh, but you're very right on, you're right on the mm-hmm. yeah, mark on that one yeah mm-hmm. it's just a game Adam. I know I know I take the, uh, yeah, I took it a bit too far too seriously <laughs> I wanted to go pro again <laughs> bowling welcome anyway. back Adam it's good to be back alright we're gonna jump into our keyword news portion this morning, taking a look at some of the biggest headlines. As always, we'll try to clarify some of these major headlines for you. This is our first pick of the day. Booster shots. All right, we're going to begin with our COVID-19 coverage. So booster shots for frontline workers begins today. The reservation rate for booster shots in Korea also isn't as high as health authorities had hoped for. So mm. what is the latest? Yeah, so members of these high-risk groups, uh, they'll have access to the country's first booster shots, as we've known. Uh, these include the people aged 60 or older, as well as healthcare workers at hospitals for uh, coronavirus patients. Now, there are over... 10 million eligible people for the third uh, shots, but over four days since appointments opened up last week, Mm. only 400,000 people have made reservations. I know that number outright seems like a large amount, but compared to the amount of people who are able to book it, it is relatively low. Now, this is creating a headache for the government as it tries to increase immunity in the high-risk groups, especially uh, amid more contagious variants. And uh, there's also been concerns of breakthrough cases Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Although the number is low for the moment for breakthrough cases, only 0.053% of vaccinations so far in Korea Mm -hmm. have reported breakthrough infections. But officials do believe that rate could increase with more vaccinations. Of course, uh, the Mm -hmm. vaccination campaign is accelerating as we speak. Mm Now, those in their 60s and 70s are also where most of the breakthrough cases are coming from, which is also Ah, creating more concerns. One might say that is a more vulnerable group. Exactly. So the urgency to get them more uh, immunized or get their immune systems uh, strengthened, um, especially considering that six months have passed since they've got their second shot. So that is, according to research anyway, uh, Mm. where most uh, of the immunity wanes, uh, for that age group especially. Now, while reservations are low, the booster shots are being administered from today, Mm. uh, starting with healthcare workers. Mm. Now, despite uh, being on the fence about booster shots, the WHO is actually recommending that people with weakened immune systems be given a third shot as well. Ah, so, I mean, the WHO stance has put always an emphasis on addressing 
discussing vaccine inequity, but it mm. seems that there is an exception. Right. Uh, but they did mention that yeah. while they were giving out that warning. Right. So, uh, but this time uh, they are saying that weakened immune systems, people with weakened immune systems mm. should be uh, mm. given that third dose. Uh, and this uh, WHO vaccine advisors group said the additional dose would help immunocompromised uh, people because that population is less likely to respond to a standard vaccination mm. and they are at high risk of severe COVID-19 disease. So that uh, warning about vaccine equity and mm. inequity um, is in a general sense. But of course, there mm. are people who are susceptible more to COVID-19. All right. Um, we also take a look at these steps back to normalcy mm. with vaccination campaigns ramped up in different countries, including Korea. This is our second keyword of the day. Restrictions eased. So it seems that more and more countries around the world are starting to ease COVID restrictions and try to return to normal life. Australia's New South Wales is one of the latest places to open up, but mm-hmm. there are some confusing limitations as to what that means. Right. What's the latest? Yeah, there have been some last-minute adjustments yeah. to that rule, uh, I think, to try and, try and tie in with this, uh, the virus situation over there. Now, under the new restrictions, 10 fully vaccinated visitors, not including kids under 12, will be allowed to gather inside a home and up to 30 people can gather outdoors. Mm. For those not fully vaccinated, only two people will be allowed to gather outdoors. So it's basically saying get vaccinated if you want to enjoy these. <laughs> the message is clear. Right. Uh, all non-critical shops, including hospitality venues, are allowed to reopen with the spacing rule of one person per four square metres inside one person per two square metres outside. Businesses will be responsible for making sure that patrons uh, check into their premises and have proof of vaccination. Mm -hmm. Penalties will also be imposed on those who do not follow the rules. If there's a small room for a chuckle, there are these very peculiar no-singing-dancing rules. (laughs) No, it seems... (laughs) If you've had a bit too much to drink, then maybe it could happen, but uh, singing and dancing are still off the cards but inside a venue. Mm. However, dancing will be allowed outside. So if you have a bit one too many yeah. and you feel like singing and dancing, yeah. go outside to do it. All right. And keep a fair amount of distance between you and the other person. That right. seems to be the general rule of thumb If anyway. you're not a good singer and not a good dancer, that's probably oh. good practice in general as well. All right. <laughs> uh, weddings are the exception, though. Uh, 100 people will be allowed on the dance floor when indoors. Right. Um, of course, weddings in, in uh, the Western world are a lot different than they are in Korea. So mm. there is a bit of a party. Right. Uh, right. All adults, uh, vaccinated or not, must wear a mask when inside public venues at airports and on public transport as well so the mask rule is very much still in place but kids under 12 are exempt from this indoor mask rule Uh, but masks are no longer required outside unless you work uh, front of house in hospitality Mm -hmm. Um, over in New Zealand though the situation is very different just next door it will require teachers and workers in the health and disability sectors to be fully vaccinated because there are a concerning number of cases propping up there Uh, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has also extended restrictions in Auckland, the largest city, for another week as well. So the situation is very contrasting between the two countries there. All right, we're going to move on to our third keyword of the day. Low-income households. So the pandemic has dealt an enormous blow to economies around the world and to individuals. The wealth gap in Korea has also been expanding even further. So Mm. let's talk about that discrepancy and how bad the situation is really looking. Yeah, if it wasn't uh, a worrying issue already, the situation isn't certainly getting any better. uh, Worse, in fact. Uh, According to data from the Federation of Korean Industries, in the second quarter of 2019, before the pandemic, 13.1% of Koreans belong to the upper or high income 
income class, 25.9% belonged in the low income bracket. Mm. Now, those respective figures changed to 11.4% and 28.4%. So high income earners fell by just 1.3 percentage points, but low income earners rose 2.5 percentage points. So the lower class is uh, increasing. Now, many self-employed and small business owners have fallen into the low income bracket due to the pandemic, especially in the midst uh, of the fourth wave with all these strict restrictions in place. Um, For full-time workers, though, it appears that the middle class has risen during the pandemic, so it hasn't hit them as much as it has Mm. these self-employed and small business owners. So it just goes to show Mm. that uh, these business owners are certainly struggling a lot uh, during the pandemic. So if you've seen them being a little bit more outspoken in interviews and kind Mm. of pressing the government to alleviate the situation as far as social distancing rules go for these businesses, that's Mm. why, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's literally about their livelihoods and how to make ends meet. Yeah. It's uh, right. certainly a very dire situation for them. And we've been hearing a lot of um, mm. sad reports of people uh, taking their own lives because right. they've had uh, such a financial struggle because of this. Right. So, right. yeah, and there are those increasing calls right. for those uh, restrictions to be eased, especially when uh, countries elsewhere are mm. starting that process. So they think that Korea is a bit behind. Right, right. Yeah. So with ramped up vaccinations, that's why right. we're eyeing the first few weeks of November mm. to make those few steps to living with COVID-19 transition anyway. That's right, yeah. All right. We're going to move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Overseas buying. So recent data shows that Koreans have been buying more products from overseas. Run us through the latest figures, mm. considering that, I don't know, the supply chain is a little disrupted. It takes mm. a long time. So this is kind of surprising. It is taking a long time sometimes. It depends <laughs> on the... It Because <laughs> I'm still waiting for some of my products. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> uh, but it does depend on what you are buying. Sure. Uh, according to a written response to the parliamentary audit that's going on, uh, this time for the tax agency, mm. nearly 4.5 trillion won was spent on products from abroad in 20. 2020. That's 2.3 times more than in 2016. Uh, health products, of course, took up the most purchases. It's retained the top spot for four mm. straight years. So it seems that a lot of Koreans uh, aren't are simply conscious? buying... Are health conscious, <laughs> but they're not buying health products that are locally made. <laughs> I think there's something about that uh, foreign appeal, I think, mm. when it comes to health products. Uh, sometimes uh, you might have a variety, more variety to choose from. Yeah, things. exactly. Mm. And it's uh, sometimes I think health products from abroad contain a lot more mm. minerals and more sure. health content, if you want, it's, if you will, for the ingredients, I think. The ingredient list is longer in some cases. Right. Sometimes it's more affordable, so it is about price competitiveness right. at certain right. cases. Uh, yeah, they mm. just seem to be a bit more potent, uh, mm. I think, from <laughs> <laughs> abroad. Uh, home appliances, though, mm. they mm. rose significantly, almost ninefold, in fact, over the previous four years. Mm. Uh, so those goods took up the second spot, in fact, and then it was medical. Uh, it appears that more affordable home pr- uh, appliances are attracting Korean and customers mm. um, and even actually some Samsung and LG products are mm. also uh, sometimes cheaper when bought overseas mm. as well alright mm. we're going to move on to our fifth keyword of the day North Korea policy all right, the Biden administration's North Korea policy seems to be getting more unpopular among mm. the American public with support waning. Uh, what is the latest? Yeah, so public support for Washington's latest North Korea policy has nearly halved, actually, over the past uh, year. A survey by the Korea Economic Institute of America has found that 18% of Americans back the policy. Mm. Last year, it was 31%. Mm. Uh, out of some 1,100 respondents, uh, 49% said they were uncertain 
Biden. That's compared to 30% the year before. Under the Trump presidency, it was around around, uh, 30%. Those that disapproved, though, decreased from 39% to 33%, but the drop uh, in the number of supporters is far greater, Mm -hmm. almost half, as I mentioned. Even among self-identified Democrats, only 33% actually approved of the administration's handling of North Korean relations. Mm. Now, the shift in results speaks to the differences in approach between Biden and Trump. That's not real new news, as Mm. it's pretty obvious. The Trump era was defined by these kind of headline-catching developments. We've had... um, uh, Rocket Man and all these kind of rhetoric, kind it's of, sort uh, of buzzwords that right, keeps North fire Korea and fury in the uh, from the North Korean side. These right. kind of, um, yeah, a lot of headli- headline catching. It's uh, a little bit more sensational, uh, but right. however, it, it keeps everyone's attention, doesn't it? Right. Uh, so attention has basically yeah. been uh, more paid onto North Korean issues mm. during Trump's presidency. Biden is a bit more low key, mm. of course, in stark contrast to the Trump years. But it has also meant that more Americans are kind of less clear on where mm. the administration currently stands on North Korea. Uh, But despite the increased uncertainty uh, uh, of the administration's handling of North Korea, Americans do remain consistent on the importance of reducing North Korea's nuclear threat. Mm. And according to the poll results, 86% of Americans believe it is important or very important for North Korea to give up its military nuclear capabilities. That's similar to 2020's result of 84%. So they're they're, they're clear on the objectives, Mm. but they're not really clear on where the U.S. is currently standing on it and what it's doing about it. Because they've said repeatedly, sort of the, sort of the same rhetoric, like we're mm. open to discussions mm. and we will come to the table at, yeah. on North Korea's calls, but we're not going to mm. lift the sanctions. So it is yeah. a little bit more murky and confusing mm. for if, mm. us to follow. If we remember in our segment during yeah. the early days of the Biden presidency mm. when he just took office, we did kind of hint at the fact that yeah. uh, North Korea will be kind of on the back burner in, mm. in this presidency. But um, right. of course, for South Korea, it is a priority. So we'll just have to see how those developments uh, develop. (laughs) All right. On to our last keyword of the day. Afghanistan hotel warning. So the United States and Britain have warned their citizens to avoid hotels in Afghanistan. This is days after dozens of people were killed at a mosque in an attack claimed by the Islamic State. Mm. So what is the latest in this development? Yeah, the US and the UK, they've mm. both warned their citizens of a possible attack on the Serena Hotel in Kabul and have urged all of them to leave the area immediately. Yes, ISIS is believed to be responsible for the threat, according to uh, news reports. Now, most foreigners left Afghanistan, of course, as we know, after the Taliban took over the country uh, in the middle of August. But some, including journalists and aid workers, still remain in the capital. Uh, A terrorist threat to the Serena Hotel occurred immediately after a U.S. delegation meeting with senior Taliban representatives on Saturday. Mm. Uh, It was actually the first meeting between the two sides after the Taliban regained control of Afghanistan. Mm. Now, the Serena Hotel uh, is actually popular with business travelers and foreign guests, and it has actually been uh, twice the target of attacks by the Taliban in those cases. This time, it seems to be uh, ISIS Mm. that are targeting them. All right. Thank you very much, Aaron, for today's coverage. You're very welcome. Um, I hope you recover by tomorrow. I hope so, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you then. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.